Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of Up North Books, a podcast celebrating literature from the North, whether that be Northern writers, Northern publishers or books set in the North of England. It is Kate who is speaking right now and I'm joined by Beth. Uh, We're hoping that the audio quality is a little bit better today as we've both bought some microphones. So hopefully that's better than the microphones that we were using before. feel very professional right now with mine (laughs) in front of me. Me too. Um, I feel like I've got my own studio going on. I know. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about two new releases um, from two very cool authors who we both enjoy. Um, One is Exit Management by Naomi Booth, um, published by Dead Inc. And the second is Sarah Moss's Summer Water, um, published by Picador. Lovely. They're both interesting, aren't they? And they both have a certain level of twist. You'll be surprised by both. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. They both turned very dark very quickly. They did. Um, So... The way we're going to run this episode is we're going to talk through both of the books separately and then we'll have a little discussion about how they are similar and how their themes sort of interconnect and um, contrast in some ways too. Yeah, amazing. Should we Um, jump into exit management? Yeah, let's start with exit management then. Um, So I'll read the blurb so that we sort of have an idea of what it's about if you've not heard of the book yet or read it. There is a house, a beautiful house, that sits in a sought-after London location and is filled with priceless works of art. Joseph, the elderly owner, is ill. All he wants is some company until the end and someone to trust his home to once it's gone. Someone to help him over that final line, perhaps. When Callum, a lost young man longing for direction, comes into his life, the pair form a friendship that transcends their ages. Lauren, Callum's new girlfriend, has other plans, though. Calculating and ambitious, Lauren has already reinvented herself once, and to reach the top, she will do it again. Pushed onwards by the poison of ambition and haunted by losses from the past, these characters are drawn together in a catastrophe of endings. Naomi Booth's second novel is an unnerving dissection of class, xenophobia and compassion, showing us the lengths that we will all go to in order to secure our futures. That's lovely. So exciting. Good blurb. I know. Perfectly summarised. Yeah, credit to Dead Ink there. Uh, I stole that off the website. (laughs) (laughs) For um, for anyone who doesn't know, Dead Ink are a really cool indie press in Liverpool. They are. Shout out to them. And thank you to um, Jordan Taylor-Jones for sending us a proof of the book. Yes. So that we had the chance to read it in advance because I feel very um, in the know because... I got to read it so early on so yeah I know Thank so you it, it's being published on the 10th of September um which is before we when we're recording the podcast but it'll be after yeah it'll already yeah it doesn't make sense <laughs> it will have been published by the time that this podcast is out that's all you need to know it will do you want me to talk about Naomi Booth yeah go for it yeah so Naomi Booth is a northern author we've got a northern author and a northern publisher here amazing um and she was born in bradford and she has a lovely yorkshire accent and she grew (laughs) up in jews jewsbury is that how you pronounce it i think so um and she now lives in york and she also teaches at durham university so she's northerner through and through she is i would also highly recommend her first book with 
um, Dead Ink, which is sealed, published in 2017, I think it was. And that book is also incredible. A must read. Yeah. I think it has kind of similar themes as well. So let's talk a little bit about exit management then. What was it that you liked most about it? I think it's really hard to pinpoint it. I think the writing style, she writes really interestingly. She does. I can't really describe how it is. It's kind of poetic in a way. Yeah. Like you read it as if it was like some kind of monologue. Yeah. She kind of puts images in your mind rather than like, you're not having to create the image yourself. She's, it's just on the page, if that makes sense. She very much like sets up the scene and sets up how everybody's feeling and thinking yeah. in like the best way. And it's not hard to figure out. Yeah, I really liked the use of space. You know, when she has text because there aren't any speech marks in this book. Yeah. And they, the way the characters kind of pause when they're speaking, mm. it really like brings the voice to life. Like um, I've highlighted a sentence here where it says, it's not, I told your office, I'm not looking for a new build. And it's, there's so much in that gap that yeah, is going on, like inside the character's head, which you can imagine and you feel. I just love that a lot. Like when I was reading it, I was like highlighting bits of it. And like every time that happened, I was like, I love that. It's so good. Um, I've just flicked to a random page and it's on 153 and it's just like littered with all of these spaces. Yeah, that's so and because there. Yeah. And like when you look at the page, you can't, you're not seeing speech marks or anything. So when you're reading, you have to hear the voice to know who's speaking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the pauses kind of let you figure that out and let you figure out what they're thinking versus saying. Definitely. I feel like as well, because there are quite a few characters in the book who are like very much defined and symbolize certain things. And I think the fact that there's no speech marks, like if, if I was reading, if I was writing that myself, I'd be like worried that those voices aren't going to come through. Yeah. But the fact that they come through so strongly, like you can just hear what they're saying. Yeah. I don't know about you, which characters did you like the most? Lauren was definitely the one that I was, I just loved hearing about. I didn't like her at all. Um, <laughs> but when, when it was like talking about, so there's a part in the book when, uh, there's no spoilers, don't worry, but Lauren goes back to her hometown in the north and you get a little insight into her history and what she's running away from. Mm -hmm. And I just, I loved the bits about Lauren. I thought she was like fascinating. Yeah, and She's completely. like running away from her past and yeah. trying to make it big in London. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, for anyone listening, the book is mostly set in London. And Callum grew up there, who is the, the other protagonist. Whereas Lauren grew up in the North, but they're both from very like working class backgrounds. Yeah. In some ways they're trying to escape from particularly with Lauren. But yeah, I get what you said about not really liking Lauren, obviously because of some of the things which happen in the book. But at the same time, there were certain parts where I was like, I really connected with her. Um, one of the things like these completely unrelated to the sort of plot in terms of what was going on. 
but um one was her like obsession with interior design and like furniture <laughs> like that yeah. was so funny. and also um her like sort of the, the therapy in doing skincare but I think I think her she has very much like an obsession an obsessive side I think all of them do. yeah and her obsessive side is like a desperate need to manage and control everything yeah. in her life exactly um it's a, it is yeah. a control at the end of the day isn't it because there's like hints that um she may have like suffered some kind of trauma in her earlier life yeah and and that kind of like manifests itself in her like need for control and um so the title of the book is obviously exit management and that comes from lauren's job she works in hr and specializes in getting rid of people which i think one of the characters say about her like you're so yeah. good at getting rid of people like i just love that because um another big theme in the book is brexit and that exit from i suppose the community of europe mm. but Oh, it's just so good like littered throughout the book there's like references to leaving and um running away from something or exiting like the procedural perfectly controlled exit I just love it yeah there's so many exits in it I was going through it and we can't name them all because it just brings in spoilers and things but even down to tiny little things there's exits and mm-hmm. leaving and running away all the time like even yeah. its bodies start rejecting themselves and things like that. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I just love that. And I think the Brexit theme leads us nicely onto summer water. What do you say? Yeah, we can do. Yeah. So um, I won't. I'll let Kate explain summer water. But the kind of link that we found between them was that they're sort of about human connection in themselves. But there's kind of this like background noise of brexit going on in both of the books which yeah infiltrates that kind of connection so do you want to tell us about yeah yes let me just get my pages up (laughs) um so summer water is written by sarah moss and she's published loads of books hasn't she um she she was born in glasgow um but she actually grew up in manchester Um, until she was 18 and she left to go to Oxford. So yeah, so I'll read out the blurb of Summer Water. On the longest day of summer, 12 people sit cooped up with their families in a faded Scottish chalet park. The endless rain leaves them with little to do but watch the other residents. A woman goes running up the Ben as if fleeing. A retired couple reminisce about neighbours long since departed. A teenage boy braves the choppy waters of the lock alone in his kayak. Each visitor is wrapped in their own cares, but increasingly alert to the makeshift community around them. One particular family, a mother and daughter without the right clothes or the right manners, starts to draw the attention of the others. Tensions rise and all watch on, unaware of the fate that lies ahead as the night finally falls. Weaving the rhythms of the human and the natural world over the course of a single day, Summer Water is a devastating exploration of our capacity for both community and cruelty in these divided times. Ooh, so Again, good. Again, another good one. It is. Um, People are good at their job. They are. <laughs> um, so yeah, Summer Water is published by Picador, isn't it? Yeah, which um, is like an imprint of Pan Macmillan. It is. For anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> um, honestly this book sort of ruined me a bit 
in the best way possible. Um, but you well, sent it. You so <laughs> Beth was like talking about summer water, and she was like, "Yeah, you really need to read it. Like you'll love it." And then she got impatient and bought the book for me and <laughs> sent it to me, and I had no idea. <laughs> And then Amazon yeah. parcel came. I was like, I haven't ordered anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed Kate to read it. I needed it's the ending. It's literally the last couple of pages, isn't it? Yeah. And honestly, like, I need to speak to somebody about this. Yeah, I was led on my sofa for like two hours, just staring at the ceiling, like my heart racing at the, after the ending. Um, it was so good. And like the thing I loved about this book was that nothing really happens until the end it sort of it really like artistically captures like the mundanity of like ordinary life or like domestic life holidays i guess the holidays boring time yeah so all these these like different families um and different people are all staying in like cabins around this lock in scotland it's raining the weather and like the nature around them is like quite oppressive that they're all sort of captured by this other family who um are playing like loud music they seem to be having a party the entire time and i don't think any of them actually meet them do they until the end yeah that so this cabin with the mother and the daughter that they're all they're all noticing they're the only people whose voices we don't get in the book yeah i thought that was really interesting because they're kind of like the others aren't they and yeah my Others versus them. That we never actually hear their voices. Yeah. Each chapter is kind of like a different person's story. So one of the residents from each of the cabin, um, yeah. and it's kind of their perspective. You see, it's a lot of like their observations of the others, but we never actually hear from the Romanians, as they're called by some of the characters, also referred to as the Polish, the Bulgarians. Um, and the, are they? I think they're actually from Ukraine, aren't they? Yes, I think they are in the end. But the, yeah, they're they're called like yeah all sorts. So it. that's where the the obvious connection comes to exit management because the the like tones of Brexit and this obsession with um, us and them really comes yeah. through, even though they're all foreigners in a way because they're all on holiday in Scotland when a lot of them are from England um they're all obsessed with this um Eastern European family who are like causing them an inconvenience yeah I think the thing that I liked about the book it's so up my street and I can tell why some people it might not be up their street is because of nothing happens like you said until the end Sarah Moss can focus on like the really small details that would never normally be talked about because that, you know, there's drama happening or whatever, because she could like, even down to like the way someone folds a napkin, like the way they go to the toilet, like tiny little things like that. She can, she just talks about that. And I loved that. It was almost like tiny little short stories. Definitely. Connected into one. That's what I mean about the like, tiny details of like normal life that you would never normally pick up on and, she, and you only pick up on when you're stuck in a cabin with exactly. nothing else to watch hmm. and like they don't have wi-fi or anything like that and it's kind of like it's reflection isn't it on like their own relationships their own family life like are they happy 
with the people that they're choosing to spend their lives with um the people that was anybody happy i don't think so i mean Mm. maybe lola (laughs) yeah god we're literally (laughs) not even discussing lola she doesn't Um, even deserve my time (laughs) um sorry to mention that but um lola's just one of the characters she's a child of um one of one the, of the couples but you'll you will find out about lola if you decide yeah. to purchase a book um i thought i'd just read a quote actually which lola is um part of let me check i've written the page number on my hand um, <laughs> organized yeah so i'll read a little extract from the book i'm going to read like a bit and then cut to the next bit Lola looks at Jack, tips her head, and for once he gets the message and raises his gun, takes aim. It's none of your business where I'm from, Lola says. I'm asking the questions here. So, where are you really from? Violetta Shitchenko. Somewhere people scream and yell like baboons all night and keep everyone awake with their so-called music. Somewhere people don't know how to behave. I bet you've never been on holiday before, have you? We heard you, you know. My dad heard you. He was talking about it. He was thinking Lola size. He was thinking of calling the police, actually. And then a little bit further down, it says, Glasgow, says Violetta, Govan Hill. You can see she's going to cry any minute now. She's not even trying to hold it back. I'm getting a bit sick of this, says Lola. I ask you where you're really from. You're supposed to have left, you know, people like you. Did you not get the message? Oh my God. Bearing in mind she's a child, like this is learned behaviour. I feel like that's something that really comes through in both of the books, is like that Brexit discourse, the the language that kind of infiltrates our like daily conversation, I suppose, with that obsession with send them back or like that that vote, that one like result was going to remove every like foreigner from the country which it's just it's awful but like the way she wrote about it was so like it just made me realize how real that is yeah i think she wrote about it in a way to illuminate that it was a serious problem and i think the fact that it's that that sentence is coming from a child that kind of like animosity you know children don't normally hate on each other because of race Mm -hmm. um and nationality and things and when she said where are you from and the girl replied glasgow she was like no where are you really from yeah it's um, always that but the girl yeah it? and the fact that she said did you not get the message as if you know brexit or whatever that stands for was to send a message it wasn't just exactly a one exactly. vote thing it was to which is so interesting written down on paper and in characters mm-hmm. that's it's like a third person saying it's not no one's shoving their opinion down your throat exactly i found that um it kind of like comes through in both of the books um it's kind of like it's not the main point of either of the books i don't think Mm, no but it's that division um within like humanity is like so strong throughout both I'm going to read out a bit from Exit Management that I think works quite well with this. Oh, go on. Um, And it's obviously, so Summer Water is in the countryside as far on the margins in Scotland, whereas Exit Management's right in the bang in the middle of London, 
which is interesting. They have the same themes going on. Um, but there's a part in it that is talking about what the city represents and what London represents. And it's on page 83. Grubby, grubby thinking. So much grubby thinking. In the city, you can't talk like this. Everyone using the officially sanctioned language of equality and diversity. Clean language. Legally acceptable language. There's an equality framework. The city is the proof that if you work hard enough, you can get away from all of this. Grubbiness. A clean meritocracy. Her and Rishana on the grad scheme. Traders from all over the world making their money in London. Your worth in the work that you do, the revenue you bring in, in you fulfilling your defined function. No one talking about bodies stinking. No one blaming their failures on other people. Isn't the city proof of progress? Proof that things can be clean and fair? Just as long as you don't think about who cleans the toilets. Just as long as you don't think about the demographics of who cleans the toilets. Third party, outsourced, not your responsibility. And I think Such a good that, extract. Yeah, I think that perfectly like summarises the kind of... Bearing in mind, exit management isn't all about this. It's kind of an undercurrent. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the line of third party outsourced, not your responsibility, kind of Aww. sums up the like blinkered vision mm -hmm. of, you know, the, what the city sells is, she said, a clean meritocracy, like the idea that you work hard and you're doing what you're meant to do, like capitalism, making the money just as long as you don't think about the people that suffer because yeah. you're succeeding. Exactly. I think that's something that really comes through in exit management is that like wealth disparity because they're both from uh, working class backgrounds originally. Um, they're very conscious of like wealth and they're both in contact with very wealthy people in their jobs as well. So that yeah. it seems to be like magnified for them. And I think that plays into the, the Brexit kind of discourse as well because Mina I think she's called is that Lauren's friend from work and I think yeah. she's um originally from somewhere in Eastern Europe um but she's completely unaffected by Brexit because she's in this like high position and she's married to like a wealthy Londoner and she kind of it's kind of dismissed in that sense isn't it whereas other characters like I'll, I'll just read this extract which I had down as like a complete mirror image of what was going on in summer water. Um, this morning, for instance, the child in the flat next door was cough wailing again. And when she unlocked her front door to go to work, the mother was just there in the corridor, red eyed back from her night shift. They could both hear the child. The mother put her hand over her mouth and began to shake silently. Then Eileen, the alcoholic from the other side, coming out shouting, needs to see a doctor, that bloody kid. Have you heard him? Sounds like he's bloody well got TB. The other woman spitting at her, mind your business, muttering something else in Romanian. And then the woman's husband coming out too, hauling her inside their flat. And Eileen shouting, there'll be a fight now and all. No bloody peace here. Never any bloody peace with this lot. Thank Christ they're all going to be sent back where they came from. And I just oh, feel I didn't like... even notice that passage. Did you not? I felt oh. like as soon as I read that, which one did I read first? Exit management, management yeah, yeah. But I was sort of like rereading it at the same time as Summer Water. That language of like, it's government created language as well. It's not even 
the language of the people that is yeah. genuine phrases which are used by like obviously characters like Nigel Farage I say characters he's a real person characters <laughs> like Nigel Farage um Theresa May like that obsession with send them back like yeah wh- where does that come from and I really love how both of those writers like capture that in like ordinary speech because yeah. it has like infiltrated our like general day-to-day discourse so good and I think the thing that I liked about the books obviously we've said it about summer water but both of them are they're not grand narratives about politicians or anything like that. it is just normal people's lives mm-hmm. that, that go wrong pear-shaped but they are you know ordinary people then they're, they're not anybody um noteworthy and that's why you're reading them because you're like what's going to happen mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> uh, they were both so good um were there any particular parts of summer water that you thought stood out in terms of there's like one. general themes there's one that it is not a theme but it made me laugh for a good like five minutes out loud okay go on <laughs> so it, i thought summer water at points was really funny like i think it the, was the internal monologue because you're getting in someone's like direct unfiltered thoughts is really funny. Mm-hmm. I really um, liked and, the, um, the nipple hair. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. But it was in, I don't know if you remember, but there's um, a character called Alex and he's um, the boy that goes out on the kayak. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah he was my absolute favorite he had me cracking up but he was so funny <laughs> he was funny. um and there's a bit on page 92 and i'll read it out it just it was funny his hands are going numb doesn't matter of course he can still paddle but still feet too come to think of it he'd do better in a dry suit but they wouldn't buy him one what do you want that for we just spent all that money on the wetsuit we've got nowhere to keep it and do you think we're made of money he can get a job now a national insurance number came a few weeks ago and he took it up to his room and looked at it. We read the letter. How do they know about him, the national insurance people? How do they know his name and where he lives and when he turns 16? Have they been watching him all these years? watching him. <laughs> I love the bit after where they, where he says, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Um, it's interesting as well that section if you read into it because it's kind of like that again the whole like government watching and people yes like surveillance oh, yeah surveillance yeah i love that but i did i think the thing about summer water is because they she goes through lots of different characters um you get really interesting dynamics so you'll get the mum And, you know, some mums, they've got, like, the world on their backs and the husband's not doing anything and the children are annoying them. And then all of a sudden you'll hear the children's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I just really liked it. And you kind of hear that, you know, they've all got their own little problems. And I I just thought it was really nice to hear everybody's problems. And, yeah, Yeah. I just thought it was... I really liked hearing the teenagers' perspectives. They were Uh very grumpy about not having Wi-Fi. Yeah, it was it was good that way. I feel like it made me it reminded me of like holidays I had as a child as well, you know, in like the classic caravan park 
holiday. Oh, I was just about to say, I've definitely had a caravan holiday like that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah, just, it was funny, like that kind of confined space, but within a space which is so open and like vast. Um, And I think also because the book's contained in over one day, Mm -hmm. that kind of echoes how like claustrophobic the whole thing is. I forget about that. It has no like, it literally every you're there every minute of the day with them mm-hmm. but it's not a long book but it's you know some novels span like five years in the space that she spanned a day yeah that's true I feel like that's something that's quite interesting about both of them as well because of the Brexit theme is that they're both like set in a very particular moment but yeah if you read them in 10 years or 20 years time there's like it'll read completely differently depending on what happens in the next like passage of time. So I thought that was quite interesting as well. Um, and I think the time is quite important because exit management, as soon as you open the page says 2018, like it's uh-huh. very much of, of its moment. True. Pulling on the things that are happening at the time. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if um, Summer Water ever directly mentions Brexit or if it's it just mentions one references. Part. Um, I don't think it says Brexit, but um, there's one bit that I did note down. And it's actually from the older, like the elderly couple. Oh, yeah. I like that. Rising. Um, And there's a bit here. It's on page 37. The windscreen wipers, which detect the density of rainfall and set themselves accordingly, slow their beat. He indicates taking the switchback turn for the hairpin bends up the hill a fine, smooth, EU-funded miracle of engineering that sees maybe two dozen cars a day off-season. How could the English be so stupid, he thinks again pointlessly. How could they not see the ring of yellow stars on every new road and hospital and upgraded railway and city centre regeneration of the last 30 years? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that contrast is interesting as well because obviously that mentions the EU, but if you didn't know what Brexit was, you wouldn't really understand that reference. Whereas exit management, I think on the first page mentions the Brexit vote, um, the first page of um, the first chapter. And it says, uh, scrolling past minor calamities, why Kate can wear a tiara, but Meghan can't. Alison Mack went from hungry actress to brutal sex slave leader, countdown to Brexit, what happens next? It's very, the time is very specific but I feel like they both draw on that time so like equally even though Summer Water never directly mentions Brexit as like a concept just very interesting and also I I mean we could talk for another hour about Kate and Megan but yeah we won't do that save yourselves (laughs) save yourselves the worry (laughs) (laughs) the thing that I noticed massively in it because especially with the quote that I mentioned before about the grubby thinking in the, the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were mentioned about how Lauren loves to manage and control things that she has a really big um, anxiety towards wasted products. Like the thought of not being productive all the time um, and not producing things all the time because I'll read out a little bit and see if you know what I mean so it's on page six single use objects that never go away the piece of chewing gum she swallowed as a child 
the end of coral-coloured gel nail she'd once bitten off in a meeting and swallowed before thinking. And that night back in 2008, in the alleyway outside Roxy's in Bradford, when she'd insisted on a condom and she'd seen the empty foil packet on the floor, but no condom had re-emerged, post-coitus. So where was it? The thought of this missing prophylactic returning to her every few months for the last 10 years. Had it been discarded, slickly, or removed backhandedly beforehand? Or was it lost somewhere inside of her, still there a decade on, with the childhood chewing gum and the acrylic nail and all of the other deadly durable objects that her body can't digest? Oh, that's an interesting point, actually. I think that plays into the idea of like capitalism that runs throughout. Yeah. I don't know, that kind of like wastage of yeah. like, and production is kind of... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like she's so obsessed with being productive and being successful and following capitalism's, you know, success path mm-hmm. that she forgets that there are byproducts and that the, you know, yeah, there are exactly. parts people get old, people get ill, bodies don't work, things get lost, like things like that, and she can't cope with it and she has to manage them. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, think that's a massive theme that I was noticing like time and time again in it. Mm-hmm. I think that um, obsession with being a good product of capitalism really runs through and like it kind of manifests itself in her um, obsession with getting rid of things that aren't producing anymore. Um, and yeah, I think no. it kind of contrasts with Callum who doesn't really know what he wants from life. Um, he just appreciates like he, human connection and obviously his friendship with Joseph, which um, is completely different to Lauren, who's just, she's desperate for more, isn't she? And I think that probably links back to her like working class background as well, of like definitely them being a victim of capitalism as well, like her family. And she hates that they are that, and she doesn't want to be a victim of capitalism. She wants to be like a beneficiary um definitely yeah she like assimilates herself in with rich people and runs away from her background exactly Mm. very interesting i didn't even think about that that callum's kind of not going anywhere callum's just fine as he is yeah he is which is interesting as well because he's obviously he he works in property management so he he sort of manages they're pretty much airbnbs aren't they but for rich people yeah Um, these like massive expensive London homes but they still give him no desire to have those homes or have what they have if, no. if anything it puts him off which I yeah, found really interesting. Yeah he thinks that they don't live properly doesn't he so I think yeah. at one point it's like how can anybody sit down on such perfectly made yeah sofas? it's very interesting I think like they both kind of play into that getting away from capitalism or being like sucked in by it like there's no in between. Um, yeah and it's like the uh, downfalls of following the idea of capitalism mm-hmm. and what what you will do to gain that life i think that is the end of our conversation now is it yeah yeah so. um so thank you all for listening again uh we'll be back soon with another episode oh the next one is quite an exciting one so um, it's very exciting we, we'll let you know when that'll be obviously on social media Um, But we are planning to sort of vary up our content a little bit. So, um, yeah, that should be quite exciting. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited. (laughs) I'm excited. 
so yes thank you so much for listening um, please feel free to get in touch if you do want us to talk about any particular books or talking points um, we are happy to read on command <laughs> <laughs>